All right, so I guess we can go ahead and get started, and we'll just kind of start out slowing so people still get gathered in. But for anybody that doesn't know, this is Matt Frost, and uh, he's getting ready to go to a pretty big race here soon. Uh, it's Street Outlaws live filming, and then a week later it's going to be dig night. So he'll be doing some racing during the winter while we're all up here being cold. He's uh, headed to Arizona Tucson, right? That's right. Yep. So fourth and fifth is the first race, and the following weekend is the dig night race. So really appreciate it. If anybody's out there, go. Uh, Go cheer for him. Go cheer on a Colorado guy. Uh, he's got a really cool car. You want to talk about the Hulk a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, so it's 1967 Nova. We call it the Hulk. Uh, it's had many forms of motors in there. This is the newest one is our Pro Charge. It's a 572 with a 136 Pro Charge on it. But it originally started out, we started with a small block in it. Uh, it had like a little uh, 415 small block with twins on it. And we actually originally put the car together to run race, to run drag week. And we put it on the dyno with the small block on there and realized right away that uh, the small block wasn't going to do what we wanted it to do. So right away it ended up getting pulled out of there in a big block. We did a 632 in there and that's been in it most of its life, the last part of the life of the car. Uh, we've done drag week with the car, we've done race week with the car, 10-5 outlaw. Yep. And no preps everywhere. A lot of no preps. And then we just decided that kind of once we did the, the race week and the drag week deal, that's when the no prep scene started coming in and that's when street outlaws started coming together and we just decided that we wanted to really be a part of that and i mean we went on the show we, we raced uh, chief which was pretty intimidating to, to take a 3600 pound street car and go run him and we the show on the show side of it what you guys seen it didn't uh, didn't pan out so well but there was another race prior to that that was pretty decent that, uh, we had between him so so it was cool it was cool to have a street car that was a full street car that weighs what it weighs and actually be able to go compete with those guys we just realized that we needed a lot lighter car and we needed to have a little bit more power I didn't really want to mess with the turbo stuff no more so um, we actually almost made the mistake of going to a fiberglass car and building a completely different deal right before we found out that the rules were going to be for a lot of this no prep stuff that it has to have still quarters still roof so we decided we'd already had all the parts and built a lot of stuff together to get ready to do this glass car. And we decided at the last minute that we were putting all that stuff in this car. So we pulled the turbo motor and stuff out of there, uh, went from an AM front end to a strut front end on the car and ended up putting this billet 572 in there, which now the car is actually 500 pounds lighter. And, wow. and we got a lot more power out of the hole with it. I mean, 60 foot is yeah. so much better than it was before, so. So it transfers better and everything oh, seems to just work better. Yeah, well, it didn't at first. I mean, right. yeah, no, I wanted to carry the wheels. <laughs> the learning curve for a little bit was a huge issue for us, but sure. we changed the suspension around. We did some different stuff with the shocks, understood the weight ballast, because what had happened was is we went from a, a predominant front weight ballast to the rear weight ballast on the car, and that's where we were having the problem with it wanting to do wheelies and whatnot. So. We've learned a lot in, in a short period of time. Put some weight back on it. Absolutely, we put a little bit in the front to get <laughs> the nose back down. But I think now that we've got the suspension where we, we want it to be, we can start bringing some of that weight off there. there we think go. we've got it figured out to where we don't necessarily need it up Very there cool. now. So it's a learning, it's always a constant learning curve with this car. And anything that you're doing, I think with the race cars, it's always, you're learning, you're always figuring stuff out. So we, we, we're actually, it's nice because we're going into the season this year with a car that's ready to go, where the last couple seasons we've, been halfway through the season before we got out so yeah i was thinking about that the other day when we were talking about doing this i was like man matt tried so hard he got the car done right at the end i know he wanted to do more racing because you talked about yeah. how you wish you were able to do more and it just so happens that the car's almost in its prime and now this opportunity is here yeah. where most people have their car all pulled apart before vegas absolutely so. and we and that was what kind of where we're at a lot of guys are saying hey you know why don't you go you know there's a there was a calling for the for JJ to boss down there oh. to get people to go race down there. Why don't you go do that? Well, I wasn't quite ready yet. We just weren't, the suspension right. wasn't right. And you know, we want to make sure that we have everything ready to go before we go. And we feel like this time, I think we're still probably learning the tune up side of it because we, we still have a lot of power to put in the car that we haven't used yet. But I think now we feel comfortable enough with the suspension and stuff in the car to go do this race, you know, and we don't, obviously we don't, you know, intend on winning the whole deal or anything like that. But if we can make some solid, good rounds and get, make some rounds, then I think we've won. Right, absolutely. That's all about just getting the car figured out and testing and testing. Absolutely. And then you've changed the whole car. It's a, the same car, but it's completely different. different car. Yeah, it's different. It's, it's more of what it needed to be. I mean, it got to the point where with this motor and stuff in there, like all of our rear suspension, it was took it, tires shook it so bad 
that we ended up looking at it. And once we started realizing, you know, we had a sportsman anti-roll bar, we had a sportsman track locator. We didn't quite have the right shocks, so it was like, okay, well now we have all this stuff up front that's killer and right. major horsepower. We need to work to the back of the sure. car. So that's what we did. We put doublers on the four links so that it can't, because I mean, it literally, when it was tired of shaking the in Pueblo, when it broke the wheelie bars, it literally wobbled the holes out for the four link bars. Like they were, it was, it was mushroomed outward. So that's how hard. And it was just miles, you know, it was a mile still four link. So we went and put the chromoly doublers okay. on there. Yeah. So, so you, that's the thing is you can make all the power you want in the world, but if you're not not figuring out a way to harness it, it's not going to do, that's you, it. And do people, you any good. And people don't get that. They, they think that just because you do something, you should be able to go out there right away and you should have it and the car should just go, you know, fly down the track. You know, it, even with the first motor, it took us over a year to actually figure out the suspension and get it where right. we wanted it to go. So I think, you know, in a short period of time now, we figured some stuff out. And obviously, you know, I mean, Pueblo was doing wheelies and it wouldn't go down the track. And then when we went to Vegas, I mean, it was making as fast as passes and it was it was just like it was on rails down right. there. So. So it's it's almost there. We're getting there, just right now, there. Now we can start bringing the power in. The real the reality of it is is bring the power that we want in to to really go. And I think, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those street outlaw guys. I mean, all the guys that are doing the no prep stuff. I mean, we. It, it seems like you're always behind the eight ball with them guys because now they came out with brand new cars. Right. There's all new stuff, new technology, all this stuff. And we're hoping that we're kind of somewhere in the middle of that now because it seems like every time that I've ever done anything, I've always been behind. It's just trying you know, to chase it. Absolutely, my history of you know racing. We've been racing, street racing forever. When we first, the first track stuff we did was when Scott did uh, the what did he do? His street car deal that was uh, oh, right. U.S. Performance, the yeah, U.S. US performance deal. So we started with my Camaro with the stock suspension, and you know the first couple races we did really well, and slowly everybody progressed. And then I built a coupe. And the coupe didn't fit any of the anything, so then we yeah. went to an outlaw. He actually built an outlaw class for, you know, it was at the time it was the pro stock Cavaliers and stuff that were in the class oh, we were okay. in. Like we were out of our league there too. It's totally different. But you car. know what? Hey, you're still out there trying to have fun and do what what you want to do. Sometimes so, what happens when you build something that's cool and unique but different and it doesn't it's completely out of it. Was just didn't fit anything, and it was like, man, we we built ourselves into another spot where we're behind the eight ball on things, and so this car here, I think. I'm hoping right now that we're kind of in the realm of that. This is the, I mean, I, I could never would have thought that we would have been able to have a motor like this, a billet 572 right. motor. I mean, it's not something that you, you even think that you could obtain, but we worked hard and we figured it out and we ended up with it. And I think, you know, we have the, we have the car that we want to have to be able to do this stuff. So, right. And when he's saying a billet engine, it's everything's billet. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, other than the heads. The heads other than okay. So the yeah, heads are the heads are still they're uh, polished. They look like they're yeah. The only, so. reason, the only reason they're not billet is because you can't run a water right. jacket in in, a, in the billet head jet. They didn't. They haven't yeah. made a water jacketed big flowing head. So the heads aren't. We you know street obviously we're stuff. still going to run it on the street. And we haven't got yeah. to that part yet. We still got to put radiators on it and stuff to get it to where we can do the street aspect of it. But we wanted to focus on getting the car dialed in before we went to the street side. So we can we can go a couple ways. Um, Matt also does Rocky Mountain Race Week. I'm building a car currently to go play around with these guys. It's nothing crazy, but I just want to go hang out with friends and go play and watch cars like his go down the track too. So uh, we can talk about that some here in a little bit, but let's talk about a little little further back before we get too far. Uh, history, where where where'd you start with cars? What's your what was your first car? What's oh man. I've had a lot of cars. You've had, a, I've had you a have a lot of cars I, outside this place. There's a lot of cars still here. Man, so, I, so I mean, the, the, the history of it is, is you know, with my dad, I, I was shoot, I was probably barely walking, and I was out in the garage with my dad, helping my dad. And so, we did a lot of stuff when we were. I was young. I learned a lot from my old man uh, and my uncle Dave. You know, he was he was in the street racing scene at the time when I was starting to become a teenager. Right. And so I remember, you know. With he, he had that, you know, one of the fastest cars in the state with this blown Camaro, and I'd get to go with them and go do some street racing on Monaco and stuff yeah. like that. So as a kid, I started watching all this stuff and helping my dad or whatever. And, man, the addiction I, but oh begins man. right there. I think there. before I was even 15 years old, I probably already had five cars. And I think my first, I want to think the first one that I can remember that I had was actually, it was like a 73 Vega station wagon. And that I ended up putting a 10 bolt rear end in it with some big old wide M50s on there. And at the time, I thought it was something, but it was just a 307 small block that I'd stuck in there. And I couldn't drive it, but right. I could do burnouts right. in the driveway and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, and we, it progressed from that. And, you know, then we, once I got my license, I've always had Camaros. Uh, my Camaro, I still have my Camaro from high school. That's and that cool. was the one, I, I did street race it, but it wasn't, that car didn't kind of come into being finished till later on. I ended up, uh, I had a couple of notchback Mustangs that we did nitrous on. 
a funny story about one of those was as we hooked the nitrous up to the turn signal on the old 86s <laughs> the yeah. push but the turn signal mm -hmm. and the horn was uh the same so you oh. pushed on it so we disconnected the horn and hooked it to the nitrous so you you'd push the horn button and everybody'd always laugh when i was going down anybody that knew me because the blinker would come on and they knew that the nitrous was going on the car that's how you so, did that's cool yeah so it was something it was that <laughs> that's and then awesome. i had a i had a 70 camaro or 70 nova that was a 396 i put a 396 in it had a cheap ass old boss hog converter torque converter in it that you never know where it was going to stall at you know so we kind of we started with that and we did really well with that car it was a really good street car hooked on everything and it just kind of progressed from there until i was probably in my 20s um we really didn't start doing the, the track stuff it was always yeah. off the street for us so started getting into the track stuff and i think part of that was too that the cars progressively were starting to get faster plus the older guys that used to street race weren't street racing as much anymore like we used to go watch all those guys street race and it, I think it kind of petered off because of, there was the U.S. performance stuff and the heads-up right. racing, so we had to go that direction. Well, and that's I guess that's where you get to where you start building the car, and then you put the cage in it, and then it legally gets, you can do it, and you yeah. want to go beat the fastest guy, and the fastest guy's usually at the track. And Yeah, it just started getting to that point where... Now it's going back the other way a little bit. It but, is. It is. I think there's a fine mix there, though. I mean, the problem you have today is, is I think that some of the kids don't realize how that happened. It wasn't necessarily the fact of that we were... We didn't go down main streets where there was people and, and put people in danger. We went out to wherever it was, you know, desolate and there wasn't nobody there. Absolutely. And even when the cops showed up, it wasn't a big deal. And that's still how we would do it today. But yep. I think there's this false sense, unfortunately, with what we do, that some of the kids don't... That I guess here's what happened. You, you had people that were older than you when we started doing this stuff that taught us how the way was. You know, this is right. where you went to race and this is what you did. Well, it's been it's been taken away so much. Cruising isn't there anymore, and hanging out with the older guys isn't there as much as yeah. it needs, was anymore. And I think you've lost that where kids don't understand. When you said that you were street racing, it wasn't you weren't going down a main street. You were going somewhere where eleventh and main. There you go. Joe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. See, that's the thing. Everybody yeah. knows about it, and that's yeah. it was different. Those dangers were still there, but now it's well, it's that easy. Cars are not what they are today. No. Well, it's. As a kid right now, you can buy a car that you, you put a couple add-ons on there and the car could be in the ninth. Mm -hmm. You know, where we had cars that were 14-second cars that we thought were fast and we built up to the 10s and the 9s. You know, and when we were doing it back then, you know, a 9-second car, it was a, it was super fast. 9 seconds you know? fast. It was, still that, that was the fast quick car. today. It but is, but it's not the same as it was then. Like, yeah. you can go obtain that right now. You can go buy a car, right. a vet or whatever, a GTR or any of that stuff now, and you can put some add-ons on there and you can do what, what we never would have been able to do right. with the budget we had at the time. So. Right. Absolutely, and that's what's really cool with everything. I guess I really like what Matt's doing with Race Week and all that. Is it's still street cars, so it it's is. still cruising. It kind of brings it back to where it, it was does. just hanging out doing cars. It stuff. does, and that's where I think the the passion for for Race Week and, and the Drag Week side of things or whatever is. You know, it's even beyond my time of when they used to tow bar their cars to the track, or they used to, you know, and they would go out on right. the road, you get your whole family piled in the freaking roadster, or you know, their family truckster or whatever, and you'd go across state and you'd see different things. One thing that about race week and drag week and any of those kind of events, your family can get involved in it and you go through little towns that you never in your life would have went through. And you say, oh man, look at, look at that old Phillips 66 yeah. building or that old Sinclair or, or that old building that's still there that was from the 60s. That's it's really still cool. there that you never would have even known it was there if you didn't drive through that town. I think that part of it's one of the coolest parts. Well, half of it probably you wouldn't know it's there unless you make it a, a, stop, a stop on the route. Well, even that though, just going, I mean, you'll, you'll see guys, we have our stops, but you'll even see people stop and actually do their own checkpoint pictures just because there's such some, some cool stuff. I mean, just going up in the mountains and stuff like that, like there was an old gel. I remember a bunch of guys stopped at the old gel and took a pictures of the gel and stuff like that, which you would have never known it was there, but it was, yeah, I, I've lived there my Somebody whole life. Did, and I didn't they know just it was started there. pulling Yeah, off absolutely. And, so, yeah, that's a really, really cool thing. And I guess for anybody that's watching that doesn't understand what race week is, um, I could explain it. Matt's done it. I haven't. Uh, but in a sense, seven days. Four tracks. Four tracks, and then you got two drive days. And then you got two drive days, so it makes it not so harsh on yeah, everybody. You're not, you're not constantly just, I mean, load the car, race it, unload it. I mean, not unload it because you're driving. What I mean by unload it is take the stuff out of it, get it ready for racing. You're not just constantly doing that. you got a couple days to drive so you can actually spend time with your buddies. And that's part of what the deal is, too. You meet so many people on this trip, and you can actually hang out with them. you got time to hang out with them. Plus, what we do is we try to mix it up to where you have some night races, when we get to the, you know at the track and then there's yeah. some days and then you have our drive days too so it helps you you're not going down the when you go down the road and you're broke 
you're not sitting out there till seven or eight o'clock in the morning trying to get that part when the part store opens. You can actually get it during the day and get yourself along the way. Yeah, so. you can actually enjoy the event and have fun and hopefully make it. We want you want to see everybody complete Absolutely. it, but unfortunately that doesn't happen all the time. What, what we're talking about, if you don't know, is you actually drive your car from track to track. You're not trailering it. You can pull a little trailer to pull your trailer. stuff in, but you cannot trailer it. You cannot have somebody bring a trailer along with you. Right. you if you break down on the side of the road, somebody else that's a racer can stop and help you, and somebody that uh, is a bystander can stop and help you, but you can't have a chase car. So it's really, it, it actually brings everybody together because as you're going down the road, you know, guy gives you the thumbs up if he's broke down on the side of the road, means like, I got it, we're going, we got enough people pulled over to help us, or you stop and you help them. And then, you know, we've actually had a really cool stuff where we've had people that were just following us on the internet or were driving by and stop and help us. Matter of fact, when we were doing drag week with my car, we ended up killing the flex plate. And so we put out on the internet, hey, has anybody got a flex plate? We need one for, you know, so we can change it at the hotel. And uh, a guy from the area, he, he sent, sent his phone number and we called him. He's like, meet me at this mile marker. Yeah, we rolled in so there, cool. he gives us, gives us a flex plate and on his way. Well, I'm friends with him since then. And we've always kept in touch since then. But uh, it's, it's just really cool, I think. We get so into where we're doing things so fast in this world that we live in now, and everything's so chaotic, it slows things down a little bit. Actually, you get to spend time with like-minded people from all over the country that come to this thing, and you get to realize what, what it's like to actually be like it was back then. You know, your kids can come, and you get to hang out with people, and you, when you leave, you're friends with all these people, and that part of it's really cool. That's what I've heard, and I see it. I'm on the Race Weekers group page, I guess you could say, and it's... People are in contact still to this day talking about last year's event and enjoying it and their memories and then talking about what's going to happen this next year. And uh, just watching the live feed, I'm watching people that I've met from Texas, uh, Oklahoma, going to some of the other races. They're popping in here. I really appreciate Kyle. it, guys. Yeah, Kyle's in Get, there. Getting towed by the willies. That's, <laughs> yep. that's actually what's crazy, too, is uh, Stephen has a unbelievable willies. And when I we dropped the valve in this car about 250 miles from the last track unbelievable we thought we had it we'd fought it the whole way through and it drops the valve and he wouldn't leave me on the side of the road gets a tow strap out hooks it to the wheelie bars on his car and hooks it to mine and tows us for I don't know how many miles to get us off the road so I mean that's the kind of stuff that you do you know there's, there's, and same thing with him he had some troubles at race week where we kept having problems with it kicking the belts off of it oh, yeah. and we would stop and we'd fix the belts and we tried everything that we possibly could to keep that car going and finally he just is like you know you guys got to go i can't we can't do it no more we ain't got no more belts i mean we actually even took a bunch of o-rings like a like a <laughs> yeah, like of them and them? stretched them across it to get the to run the alternator and it lasted it for a while it went wow. a couple miles before it kicked it off but it just it wouldn't sustain so and that's some of the you don't want to be broke down but some of the best stories i've ever heard from the event are from breakdowns and how they how they got back up and running and sometimes people have broke fixed their cars kind of and went faster than they ever have absolutely we had a we had a guy actually blow a motor up and got a junkyard motor from Colorado Springs they delivered it to him at the diner and a bunch of guys stayed and they replaced the motor in the car right That's there insane. on the deal and we had another guy actually we had two guys do that we had another uh, Eddie did it at uh, one of the track he blew up a motor and got a junkyard motor was digging the dirt out of the motor to clean it up to get it in there and made it the rest of the way so there's stories like that and that's I guess if you're not into this stuff or you haven't been into what we're doing those are the things that make the memories like you can sit at home and watch TV and you can watch these guys do this you know but if you want to do it you got to go out there and you got to push a little bit harder and when you do push it gives you the memories that you want to tell your kids and your grandkids along the way it's just like this thing you know we took the motor and sent it back to Steve Morris because it had some issues and he uh, he calls me and he says, well, it's done, but he said, it ain't going to be back in time on the truck. <laughs> he says, it ain't going to be there until after your race. So my buddy Royce says, hey, let's go. So we got on an airplane. We flew out to uh, Michigan. This is what day? Uh, that was on the day before. It Christmas, was on, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. The, it was the day before Christmas Eve. So we fly out there first thing in the morning. We get a rental car. We drive an hour to his place, pick up the motor, and we drive 18 hours back in the snow and make it back. <laughs> For Christmas Eve you know so and yeah you know people like yeah it's crazy you guys are doing that but you know what that's something that we we know that we did and it's gonna yeah. be cool later I remember when we were in the snow you know going 18 hours to get a motor back in the car so we can go make this race you know and, and just like you know Brent being my my co-pilot in the car and some of the stuff we've done I mean you're so tired and you've worked so hard because the cars broke you've had nothing but problems 
but it's something that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Forever. Yeah. Like so. the turnaround time of, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I watched some TV and what'd you do? I flew out, picked up an engine back, and now the engine's sitting in the car two days later or right. whatever. So, right. I mean, they're working on it right now as we're talking. Um, they have a big race that they're planning on going to. Actually, two big races. Uh, Matt has a grudgery set up at one of them, and he got invited to a Street Outlaw filming. For a lot of people that don't know, there's a little bit of talk about it, not a lot. Uh, street Outlaws is starting to move on to some of the, I guess you could say, what, no prep no races. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to track to track, and they're setting up races. They're inviting 32 cars in, or maybe it's however many, and then you can race in, too. Yeah, two uh, cars on the, I think two cars from the race your way in end up in there, too, with it. So I think it ends up being like a 34-car field. So 34 cars. Yeah. Um, you know what you're running for down there, money-wise? 40,000. 40 grand. That's 40,000. Um, and then there's a race after that one that uh, Bodie's putting on, mm -hmm. and that's another 40 grand. So the money and no prep's insane. That's why everybody's going that rate that way but uh matt got an opportunity so he said heck i'm gonna make it happen and they're actually i was talking to him right before we got started they're getting the car ready they're gonna drive down do the event drive back yep. and then a week later go back, back down out. and run again so the love of cars the addiction of cars just wanting to go play it that's something that is pretty fascinating i think with anybody that's done cars and you gotta have that you gotta have that drive and the thing is, is not only that, you got to have a great guy. I mean, I can't say enough about Brent. He, he helps me with everything, you know, make sure that we get the car done and actually out the door and, and done. you got to have that, and you got to have family that's going to – family and friends are going to support you to do this because the way we do things, I mean, we don't – not a lot of – I know people think we got all this money and all that stuff, but it really isn't that way. You know, like, that's why we got to drive back. I got to – got to be able to work, you know, that week between the races because we can't just take that much time off. So it's – 40 hours a week isn't acceptable. It's not. It's, you're you're <laughs> yeah. constantly doing yeah. something. And I think a lot of people mistake the fact of that, hey, they see what we do or, or anybody that does this stuff and thinks, well, I can't obtain that. Well, you can because what, what a lot of people don't realize and, and I'll share with you guys is I sold cars. I would come home from work and I would bring cars in that were impound cars for my buddy's impound after he got them or whatever and I'd fix them and I'd sell them. I, I would do that and I would, I would do all kinds of different little things to be able to afford my passion because I didn't want to take that away from my family. So I would do those little things to do that and that's how it slowly progressed. I mean, yeah, I've done well for myself, but I've had my ups and downs, but realistically, no matter where I've ever been in life, I've always made sure that I've been able to do what I wanted to do. Right. Because I, I'll take that extra time to do those things to make that extra money to do it, so. Right, and not getting into real personal things or anything, but everybody does have those ups and downs. And there's if you're racing and it's your passion, you're gonna figure out a way to make it happen and. Uh, to make it to the track, whether you put it on a credit card to get the gas to get there and hope you don't break something, because if you break it, you're done for a year or two. You and just hope happen. that it can happen. Yeah. But somehow we always figure out a way to, I guess, make it back to the track or make that big race or make the next event. And that's it's really cool. That's one of the reasons why I'm up here talking to Matt is Matt is into the sport for the sport of cars. He's not in it to make money. He's not in it to take anything from anybody. He's just there to enjoy cars and help it bring and help bring right. the car scene to us because I feel like that's part of our deal you know with us being in Colorado we don't get the scene as much as we as everywhere else you do so you know with yep. race week that was kind of my deal being a Rocky Mountain race week is to bring you know bring a vacation people here that don't see our Rockies and don't see what we have here and see the great facilities we have here so that was part of bringing that here I and mean, granted we are going back out east or in the middle of America this year but that's kind of to just grab everybody to so they kind of know what we're doing but then same thing, I'm, I'm getting ready to do, uh, in September we're gonna do a, a big no prep race at Vandermeer, and I'm hoping that it's the biggest one that we've ever had here. And that's just to kind of get people to come here and see what we have, because everybody's so scared of our altitude, but the real, reality of it is, everybody has that same problem yep. when they come here. It's not just, well, I got a problem and it's not fair. Well, when you come here, everybody's got that problem. And we've already seen what the pro mod, the that world, was crazy. the pro mods world came here pro mod. and all that crazy stuff. Deal. It, it's, it's it wasn't not a, the fastest guy. It's, and it's not, and it wasn't a huge problem for them to get the power they wanted to go down the track. Oh, no, they're so, still way fast. Yeah, so you can come here and you can still go fast. It's just a little bit more of a challenge because of the air, but everybody's slowed down because of the air here. So great facilities here, uh, you know, great scenery. There's a lot of cool stuff to do here, and that's where I've put my time into it is, yeah, I'm a racer, and, you know, and I'm just an average guy, but I... I try to do what I can, and I know you've done it too. You've put your no prep race on to get people into That's our it. sport here and be, get people involved and get people to come from different places just to see what we have here and hopefully make it a stronger scene. Would it be cool to be the ducks of the world and like 
throw on a few big races and just enjoy cars, sure. But until that point happens, you got to do what you got to do. But then you try to strive for the other. So I don't think anybody's heard that Vandermeer, right? No prep at Vandermeer? Question marks. Like that's right. Nobody knows that, right? No, it's still right now. It's good. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. It's going to yeah. be at Vandermeer. So, so I got I got in with them and we talked about it and talked about it and I think they were even ready for the you know there was some stuff that was holding them back over the couple of years right. and not being able to do it you know NHRA and and. And probably something, some of their insurance stuff like that. I think, but everybody's starting to kind of move that direction, and I think that it's starting to loosen up a little bit to to know that this is kind of where we're at right now, and we need to be able to take advantage of it. And that's a great facility to be able to do it at. World class facility, yeah. one of the nicest facilities. It's it's amazing what, and the people there. It's a family owned deal. Like talk about a car, car family. It, right. That's what it is. That, Vandermeers and that's what they've always been into and they kept it for themselves and I know that there's people that don't want that track there because the house is nearby sure. but it's there and it's still there. they throw awesome events they're always welcoming and they're strict on their tech if you ever want to Vandermeer make sure you're on your car but it's what you should be if you pass tech at Vandermeer you're good everywhere you pretty much the way I look at it so um, when I, I build cars I don't build them to go get around tech I say if Vandermeer will pass it because I'm going to race there this year then I know I'm pretty much good everywhere well, else. And the so. thing is you got to look at too is with what we're doing with the no prep scene and stuff like that yeah. I think that probably the safety is the most important because Absolutely. in a sense what I think this, there's a false sense that it's you know really really dangerous and yeah the first couple passes it might be a little bit shaky because you don't have anything down like you normally would at a normal track but as it progresses the track gets so much better. I mean, it's almost better than a national event as far as attack that's down. Crazy. But with that being said, you know, there is the, you do see the crashes and you do see some of that stuff. So I think having your safety equipment at something like that kind of race is probably very important more than it is in some of the other situations. And, you know, neck braces, I mean, you can't say enough about, you know, Hans devices. I mean, I crashed my car uh, at the beginning yeah. of this year and my, my other car, my coupe, and I can tell you what, that tons device is something else. I mean, I went straight into the wall, and I came out of there with my shoulders being a little bit sore, but not nothing with my neck or anything. And I can tell you, if I didn't have that on there, I'm sure you my neck would have been in bad shape because that was a hell of a hit. But you know, that kind of stuff. Your 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 Hans device. You know, making sure that you have the proper bars in the car and stuff like that. Your fire suit and stuff. Probably one of the most important things we've seen is a lot of guys got on fire this in the last couple of years, and they got burned up pretty good. So you know. What did he say? <laughs> a Hans device is less con uh, finding, finding than, than a wheelchair. Right. That's... You know, so I think that, uh, you know, doing some of that stuff, yeah, you first you're like, you're growling about it. Yeah, it's expensive. Oh, it's costing me. Well, what's it going to cost you when you actually crash a car and you can't, your neck don't work anymore? Like that's, yeah. it's a small price to pay and it's something that you have forever. Like you don't necessarily have to keep renewing that. It's something that you can wear, you, you know, in your fire suit, your gloves. Right. Wear your damn gloves because here's what happens. So as soon as something know. catches on fire, your car catches on fire, if your hands get burnt, the first thing that happens to your hands when they burn is they go like this. Then you ain't going to do nothing. You ain't getting out of the car. You ain't doing any of that stuff. So. Just wear all that stuff, you know. I mean, it's not hard to put that stuff on and take it seriously, and you know, have a fire system in the car if you're going fast enough to wear that. That's. A, I mean, you should have it anyways, but really, if you're you have a fast car, you really need to be putting that in there. Well, and we've been doing the no, uh, all the no prep races. They they don't know how fast you go. There is no ET, no time slips. You could easily have gotten in your car when you wrecked it without the Hans device. Absolutely, nobody would have said anything to them. But Absolutely. that's just having it in your own mind when you've been fast. I haven't been as fast as Matt. But there's certain points where you go that fast and you're just like, yeah, I think it's better to be a little safer. Hey, you feel it. Like, even when I was on the street, like right. a lot of guys wouldn't wear their helmet. They would. I, I put my neck brace on. I put my helmet on. Like I'm, I want to make sure dangerous. that I'm taken care of in that situation too. Like you don't think about that sometimes because you really don't think you're going that fast. But really, I mean, it can get up to catch you, catch you pretty quick. And I think that that's that safety thing. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things that you just you if you aren't doing it, you got to start doing it. Especially when you start watching stuff happen, it really makes you think about it. Yeah, that's so that goes for everybody, guys. Just whenever you're building stuff, be safe and take for granted the person next to you. You don't know their family, what's going on, so it you don't want to mess anything. That just gets into bad stuff and bad for the support. So you want to be safe. You want to keep the people next to you safe, and that's just knowing where your where your limits are at and stuff. Hey, Mike. Uh, if you're on here, Mike from National No Prep, I'd like to bring you on here in a minute. Uh, if you could comment for me, I'd appreciate it, buddy. Um, and then we'll bring them on. They want to talk about some of the Tucson stuff. So let's go on to the next thing. So Street Outlaws, hopefully all is good there. Big, big event. It'll be televised. You guys will see it on there. 
Um, I'm sure the live feeds too. So. The live feeds, yeah. there'll be stuff, there'll be lots of content on there from that. Now, let's talk about uh, Dig Night. There's a grudge race set up. I saw it posted. I haven't really talked to Matt about it too much. I just asked him, so you got a grudge race? Is it, what is it? And he said, yep, it's a grudge race. It's legit. So what's, who are you racing? Um, I don't really, I, I can't, I think his name is Darren. Sorry if I messed that up, but I don't really know that whole much about, that much about the car. Um, I just got a call and said, hey, this guy really wants to grudge race you. And I did a little research to check. You know, you always want to look, gotta check look a little out. bit, see, see yeah. what the car is or whatever. But uh, I mean, it's an Impala, it's a four-door Impala that's back cab, big tires it looks like on there. Um, from what I understand, I think it's a pro-charged car. And it looks pretty serious, you know. I don't know much about it, but I was, I just figured what the hell, we're gonna give it a chance, so. Heck yeah, that's the, that's what you do. You just gotta go wing it and sometimes when you go out untested or un, I don't know, you'll proven. have, yeah, yeah, unproven, that's sometimes the best, man. I went out and had, every issue I could have in a night and I won that night but I can go out there and the car run perfect and I can beat first round so it's the funny thing is is you you can I've had it happen before too where we've tested and we've tested and we've tested and it didn't seem like the damn car would do a thing during testing but then as soon as it came it's almost like it knew okay it's time to go to work and it would just do what it needed to do my coupe was really bad about that you could test and it'd blow the tires off and it'd do this and do that but once it came down the line the car would just work and do what it yeah. needed to do so that that stuff you don't but it's part of it. If you ain't out there doing it, and you ain't trying to do it, then you ain't, you don't know if you're what you're losing or what you're going to gain out of it either. So, right, and that's all. That's part of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's all we're here. That's what we're doing right now. We're just enjoying cars and playing and wanting to. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able. I'd like to get Mike on here, but I can't can't seem to find him. First time doing the slide feed, guys. Bear with me when I'm trying to figure some of this stuff out. All you're doing is looking at my finger right now. but And some things, too. You know, like with us, we took some chances on stuff that other people didn't think was popular. You know, like we, uh, you know, we decided to go with the MS3 Pro in our car. It's one of the actual people that we've had sponsor us. You know, most of the stuff we do ourselves. But, you know, there was a lot of worry about that, that system. And there was a lot of people that were like, ah, you know. But actually, it's, it got a really bad rap because originally it was a do-it-yourself type deal, and people would buy it thinking they could do it themselves, right. and then find out when they got home that it was over their head. Well, they've come a long way. I mean, they actually do Baja trucks, and they do a lot of different stuff. So we said, heck, you know, we, we talked to them about it, and that's what we've got in the car, and the car's been doing really well with that. And that's, you know, we're always open to trying different things that maybe are not the popular thing because right. sometimes we're not necessarily the popular thing. You know, we want to go out there and give it a shot. So Well, if you build something that everybody else builds, you're not gonna be faster. No. You're not gonna you're not gonna go beat somebody with a heavier car that has old technology. You gotta try something different. Whether it works out good, bad, and different, you have to try it. Absolutely. If not, you're just copying something else that somebody else has and usually by the time you even get those changes or those things figured out, they're moved on to the They've next thing. So, yeah, so so you definitely don't want to do that. What else you got, Matt? What else you think? Anything else you wanna Man, I don't know. See if I can pull these up. If not, we, we can. Uh, we got any questions? You guys got questions for Matt? I saw Kyle uh, ask about an ET goal for the car, but. Oh, I'll tell you the ET goal. Let's I just want to tell you what it's running right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, ideally, what we want to be. So, this is basically an all steel car. The only thing that's not steel on it, it doesn't, it doesn't have uh, steel bumpers on there, and it, it we are going to end up changing it. Doesn't have, it has a glass deck lid and an aluminum hood. So. Where my goal is with the car, and what I'd like to see happen, it's a, it's a long, tall order, but I want to be the fastest all-metal or all-steel streetcar in the country. That's that's what our goal is, and I think what it would take to do that is probably going to be um, somewhere in the 630s in the quarter, and then our ideal goal is is to be able to actually take the car, set the car up to where the car will run a low four, you know, in a teen or 20 on an average. You know, without having to get on it and lean on the car hard, and then our, our quarter mile is definitely want to be uh, somewhere in the low sixes. That's that's where we want to be. It's a tall order. You know, you can that's talk about it all day long. Yeah, We're trying absolutely. to actually get the car to do that. I mean, everything's got to be right to be able to do those things. And and you know, hopefully, we, we what was nice with Brent and me doing the car is we've never hurt the motor by burning it up because we do everything in a slow increment because we really couldn't afford to burn it up all the time. But. Uh, that's what our goal is. It may take us a while to get there, but that's what we're going to do. So, Yeah, so that's what you have to have, the goals. 
Absolutely. Otherwise, there's no sense in doing what you're doing. Well, we're so, already seeing right now with this motor and this combination with the light, the, the 60 foot's better than it's ever been. Uh, the weight on the car obviously helps with that. And there's just so much more horsepower with the Steve Morris motor to be able to um, do what we want to do. I mean, the, it's unbelievable. The thing makes so much power. And, it, and I was scared when we first started doing it that we were going to overpower the car out of the hole and worry about blowing the tires off being a tow charge deal. But we've actually got some secrets now that we've learned from people to help us that actually can kill the power out of it, out of the hole, without, it's not even a timing thing, it's some stuff that a lot of guys don't know, yeah. but it'll actually take the power away from the car out of the hole so you're not blowing the tire off. So That's cool. So I guess a lot of people, the Turbo Pro Charger debate, you've had both. I've had both. Have you actually, have you been faster with the Turbo stuff in the quarter? Um, or were you even well, running we quarter? So we haven't run a quarter yet with okay. the car, but I can tell you right now that we're pretty much exactly where we were at with a lot less we're not pushing the motor as hard and we're already where we were at with the turbo motor right now. So easier, but uh, you can't control the boost, right? With the Pro Charger, you control timing. Are you seeing a variation in boost when you're running? Like depending on timing? I mean, you're making, more, you're making obviously making more boost with this motor than we were with the other one. I think well, the best we've seen out of the other motor was somewhere in the probably the low 30s. And I think right now we're already at like 44 pounds of boost on this motor, but the curve is, he, he can manipulate it. Like I said, there's some ways we can do things to manipulate it with the boost. Um, the converter in the car is different than what it was before. But it's just a matter of, it's, I mean, it's so much more simpler. Like, you should see how much easier it is now to put this motor in this car than it was with the other stuff. I mean, it was just piled in there. True. And the other thing that was a big deal for me before was, you know, all the switches that you got to turn on and all the stuff you got to remember to do. I, I forgot to turn some stuff on a couple times. <laughs> Obviously, we've everybody's seen that. done it. But the, the, the fact is, is, and then on top of that, is just banging away on the converter, trying to build boost, and this guy over here is not coming in, and you're banging away and you're banging away and tearing out the flex plate and tearing up the, the converter and doing all that stuff, burning up the tranny. Now, I look over there, the guy's doing something stupid. I just let off the gas. I can sit there and wait until he's done doing what he's doing because I got instant throttle as soon as I hit it again. Yes. And that's a huge deal for me. Yeah. Like, And not turning all that crap on. I can go in there, I can focus on what I'm doing and go. You know, it's yeah. it's more of for a dummy, I guess. No, no, <laughs> that's being smart. I looked at it after looking at all the no prep stuff and bumping in, you watch what it does to your tranny and everything else. I started looking for an F1 for my car and I was like, well, but I like the drivability of the turbo. I'm curious to see how yours does with the drivability with the Pro Charger. Right. And you're planning on unhooking it? Yeah, we're gonna pull it back. Actually, I think what we're going to end up doing is we're going to actually take it off and just put it in our little trailer that we oh. haul and then mount the alternator or the dry, on the front drive of that because oh. we don't have any room for the alternator yeah. right now. So we'll just pull the blower off. <laughs> it looked like then, a little baby. Yeah, and then just put an air cleaner on it and just run it naturally aspirated down the road. I think your motor's going to last a lot longer that oh, way too. I, I agree. We can filter it where we weren't being able to before. True. You yeah. know, so you can put a filter on there. Plus, you're just not putting that much heat and stuff in there. So I think in that aspect, yeah. you're not going to wear as many of the parts out. And the mileage out. on just, yeah just the gears and just everything so it just take it completely off the engine yeah. get rid that's yeah. cool that'll be funny to look down in there and just see an alternator yeah, hanging over the be, be there a couple radiators and an alternator so yeah that's crazy so what do you guys got you got some questions let's talk to some people you got Royce on there um I saw Jim Hall pop in I saw Matt trying to polish up your uh headers here when I walked in I just cleaned them up but still looking good uh this car maybe right at the end I'll take the camera we'll go walk around the car or whatever it's it's a piece of art it's 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 i mean it's my nicest thing i have let's <laughs> <laughs> put it that way it's, 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 it's evolved awesome. i mean every every time we're doing stuff all the time to change stuff on it it still isn't where i want it there's some stuff i want polished or whatever but we've just keep we keep moving and keep making the car better and better as it goes so and i i want it to be you know take pride in what i'm doing and i want the car to be able to go to the car show and be able to present at the car show not only just at the track you know it's my investment you yeah. know it's, it's something that we've We've invested our time into, and there's, you know, a lot of people's a lot of people's time and money into the into the thing to make it work. So, yeah, and that's that's what it's about. Like, I drove up here today. Just I want to come talk cars. I, I like what I hope this works out for you guys. I see quite a few people watching, so I'm I'm taking that as everybody's entertained, and there's some value here for everybody to get. And um, which Brent's back there working right now. If he, you want to come up here, Brett? I think he's showing your, he's, he's showing the car off and stuff. So he's he's a pretty pretty awesome dude. He, everything, right? Fabricate, tune. Yeah, he can do anything. And the thing is, what's really cool is, you know, we didn't know anything about tuning anything when we first started. The the coupe was the first thing we'd ever put EFI on. It was a batch fire deal, and we kind of learned that. And then when we went to put small block in this car, 
uh, that's when we first started really doing the EFI thing, and we kept trying to call people, you know, top name tuners and stuff to have them help us, and you never get a call back. So I just told them, I said, you know what, forget this. Yeah. We are going to learn how to do this. I didn't learn how to do it because I forgot <laughs> by now, but, you know, he's really, he's, he's got it figured he out studied and he well. tested and, you know, and James, you know, we have James over in the shop over there too with the dyno, and James is really smart with the MS3 stuff too. So those two started talking now, and, and they work through some stuff, but, uh, Frank can do, I mean, now he can do anything. He can do any of the EFI systems that are out there, you know, from not knowing any of it at one point in time that he knows all of it. And the thing is about him, what's really nice is he's not going to just go blow your stuff up. He does it in incrementals. He says, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you do this, and then we're going to see what happens, and then we're going to do yeah. this, and then we're going to see what happens. And same with people with customers' cars. Like, he don't just put it on the dyno and say, okay, it's dyno tuned to the highest RPM. He'll get in the car. He'll go drive it around. He adjusts everything. Right. This is a Hilltop Speed Shop. I'll plug that real quick. Yeah, no, uh, we'll talk about you know, that our shop here. Yeah, absolutely. But he, he does all that stuff, and he, he can do anything. Like, the, the guy can he do anything. anything. Like, I'll do some stuff, and then I'll look and have it. He does it, and then it's like, well, I'll throw that in the trash, because yours is way better than what I did. So, you know. Yeah, so that's what, so, uh, Matt, or, Kyle was asking if you're gonna put the flat hood back on the car. Up, up above, he was asking. Um, no, I, I thought about it, but I I think that's kind of my signature, having that big old it's hood on cool there. Hood. What we may end up doing, we are probably gonna end up repainting the car uh, towards the end of the year. I know it doesn't look like it needs it, no, but it it's, we're, we have some stuff coming up at the end of the year that the car is gonna go to, so I think we'll probably put some fresh paint on it. We may end up taking a couple inches out of the hood just because it is really hard to see that passenger side of the car. Matter of fact, I gotta have June walk at the front right hand of the side of the car when we're going through the crowd just to make sure that I don't mow somebody over because yep. I cannot see over there. So just tall enough. It is. It so we, well, you sit so far back in the car and low that it's just it's just really in your way. So we may take a couple inches out of it, but I don't think I don't think I can get rid of the hood. I think it's just gotta stay on there. It's so. cool. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, the hood's got oh how do you get? But how was it put in? I guess. Um, so it's aluminum hood, but it actually it's it's bodywork. It's all body. Yeah, it's okay. all body work to get it raised. It's like crazy. That. It looks like it's all been cut out and kind of it's all molded in and everything, but it's it's a really cool piece and the hood's actually has it taken flight. That one hasn't. That one hasn't. The, 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 the glass <laughs> one that was on it before, yeah. the with the three. Yeah, it flew off at uh, at drag week. It was at the end of the track. It flew off, got caught in the parachutes, and it spun it around and <laughs> shot it oh, off geez. the track. The ambulance came and picked it up. You know, we had to rest in peace and all that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's cool stuff. It's it's the car's beautiful in and out. Um, all billet engine something else it's cool to just look at it uh you've done well with it it's a it's kind of an icon car i guess you could say for colorado there's a lot of people that know it and sure. they've seen it on the show and there's I, you got a following i mean yeah I and mean, there's a lot of people that keep up with us and watch what we do which is is really cool it's i don't know it's just really cool because we are so passionate about what we do my whole family is my kids everybody's involved with what we do and just to have other people be involved and watch what we do and come to the track to see what we're doing. I mean, it's crazy how many people are just going to go to this event just to go watch their their friends and family to go do yeah. this. Deal. Like that, you know, you're uplifting your life to go do this. And there's, I bet we've got probably 25 people that are just are just normal friends from Colorado that are going out there to go watch this. Do, this it do sounds this. like fun. We're going racing, but when you're sitting there at 3 a.m. working on something or you're driving back and forth yeah. and not not sleeping, it, it's rough on everybody. But I guess that's what we're we're passionate about you appreciate everybody around you and the, the people and it's, it's just things you never forget with all the race and well and, stuff. and just trying to you know keep it to where kids are involved and stuff like that like right. that's a big thing for me that's why we kind of do our, you know the race week deal at the time frame that we do it in because that way the kids are out of school they can go be involved yeah, with it, and it really is. Cool. It's, i mean yeah. when you go when you go you'll see that there's a lot of people with their kids there and it's not like oh they got to be right here like the kids will go check out the cars and they'll hang out with people and help them with stuff and yeah. We need to get away from all this computer crap that everybody's doing. All, you know, the kids are all too busy playing their, I, I call it Nintendo, but whatever they are now, PS4s, <laughs> all the stuff that they do. And it just, it takes them away from that for a week. It takes them and gets them out to doing something else. And they probably think at the beginning of it, I'm going to hate this. Why are you dragging me to do this? But, you know, we've had lots of kids come back with their family and be like, hey, we want to do it again. And, you know, some guys take their daughters and their, you know, their young kids and put them in the passenger seat as their co-pilot and go out yeah. there and it's a whole new, new experience. They're learning stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's, so if you kind of don't know, uh, how much is it, 100 $100 or what's it cost for a family because a family can do oh. race week yeah so so you you, you have your if you have your regular you know race week guys that are actually competing in the deal but then we also have a deal what we call road week and it's 175 bucks 
We might change that a little bit, but it might be a little bit more than that, not much. But 175 bucks, you can stuff as many people in an RV as you want to. You get four t-shirts and you get into every track. You can follow everybody wherever they're going. As long as you don't help them with parts or anything, you can stop if they're broke down or whatever. But you get to follow the whole event with your whole family for less than $200. Yeah, and it's a week. It's a week. It's a vacation. You go see the, go see everything. And that's what's kind of cool. And that's what I've talked to some people that might go and hang out with me or go watch is... You do the full option, you go check out this in this city or whatever. And, um, can we kind of talk about approximately where race week's at? Yeah, we can talk about it. So we're, we're missing one track right now, but uh, basically this year we're going to start and stop at Great Bend, Kansas. Um, Topeka is going to be, Topeka is a great facility too if you ain't never been there. Topeka is freaking awesome. So we're going to be in Topeka, um, and then Noble, Oklahoma is one of our tracks. We were going to do Tucson, but there was a hiccup there because they have a national deal. So that that's what we're working on right now is trying to figure out. Um, there's a track called Mocan that's not very far away that we can look at. So we're waiting for a call back from them to try to do that. But if not, we got a couple other things. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's tracks, a couple of tracks there, in that area. So. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's going to be right in that area. The air is going to be really good. We're doing it in June this year instead of July so that maybe we can get the temperatures down. It's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Because when you come here in July, I mean, it was brutal. The guys that ran here, I had one guy, it was funny. We were, we were at the hotel and, I mean, he just looked beat. Because that was our trip from Kearney to Denver. And it's like, I don't know, it's ridiculous. It was like 90-some degrees. Yeah, and, and the mileage is well over 350, yeah. mile, 350 miles. So, he just, and I'm like, how, how are you doing? And, you know, I was almost scared to ask him, like, how are you doing today? He's like, man. I freaking treated rental cars better than I treated my car today. He's like, this is crap. And he was mad. He was really mad. But then we did the mountain run and got the Pueblo. And he comes back. He's like, dude, that was so much worth it to be able to go up through the mountains and check all that out. So it's a little bit of everything. It would give you the hot and it gives you the cold and it gives you mountains and it gives you all these different things that get thrown at you. And, you know, there's goods and bads. And we all make it through it. I mean, it was so hot. And I took everybody, we came into Denver, basically into Fort Collins and went all the way down 287 and they had to hit it at rush hour and it was hot. I mean, guys were putting ice, I had to put ice over the intake yeah. manifold in the Camaro just to keep it from vapor locking to get through the town. Oh, that's right, I forgot you were <laughs> driving the, seven, what is that, 70, 72. 72 Camaro yeah. this year. So, so it's just stuff like that, I mean, it's just those memories, yeah, yeah. at the time it sucks and you're going to be cussing, but at the end of the day, it's, it's something you remember and it's really cool. So. Yeah, so that's... As you can see, he's a busy guy. I try to get the car together to go race for himself and do the do the outlaw deal, and then now planning a no prep as race week's not enough to plan and put together. I put on a race or two with my dad here, and I understand the the amount of work that goes into a race wow. that everybody doesn't even understand unless you've done one. And then Matt's event is times five, and for a week long, so. Uh, but it goes pretty smooth, you know. June's it's got our stuff great. together. We've had, we have a lot, of, you know, friends that come in and help us while we're doing it. My mm -hmm. uncle comes and helps us do the tech. Yeah. It does go very smooth, but it's it's all year. I mean, we don't from the time we stop that event, we start again, and we're working through the year to be able to get the next one going. And there's been a couple times that I've wanted to give up doing it, but the thing is, is when we go and we hang out with our friends that we've met through this yeah. deal, and, and yeah, up. you're just like you got to do it again. You can't not do this. So yeah, and so that's. And you'll never be repaid probably for what it what it is no. for the amount of time and energy you put in but it's for the love of it, it period that's it so that's so if you're not doing anything this summer you got a car that's been sitting in the garage for six years and you haven't done anything with it do get it something out. get it out come enjoy it drive it because eventually somebody will if you don't uh, i love the little video doug klein doug, did for yeah. 1320 and that's more or less what he says if you guys don't get out and drive your cars Eventually, one day somebody will buy it and they will go drive it. So, don't worry about the mileage. Just enjoy it. Put somebody in it with you and go have some fun. And well, Jack Fisher. I mean, he's his Chevelle was sitting in the garage for I don't know how many years, and he got it out to go do our race. And he's been back every year since that. Not necessarily with that car, but he's been back yeah. every year because he's like, you know what? This is what it's about. That's and so don't cool. worry about it. You know, make sure you change your hoses and do all the stuff that needs to be done because it's been sitting in the garage. But if you break down on the side of the road, we're going to get you going again. There's enough people that will stop and help you with it. So, you know, do it. It's it's something that you need to do once in your life. Whether you're going to do a drag week or you're going to do race week, you need to get out and go do this because it's something that you will never forget. And if you take your friends or your family with you, you probably won't want to miss it. You'll, you'll have to do it every year. Kyle, you better bring the caddy. That thing on race week will be cool. You pack a lot of people in there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might want to do both. You can pretty much put a whole motor in the trunk of that car to replace everything <laughs> on the car. Heck <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's that's so cool. So uh, we're not going to bring Mike on. He was going to talk some more about Street Outlaw stuff, and I guess they're doing a pretty big uh, small tire event, but I'll save that for another day, and we'll talk some more about that. Um, great time. I don't even know how long we've been going, but that's kind of what I wanted, guys. And if you want to see something else like this, let me know. Uh, let me know who you want to see on it. I just want to talk to cool car people and talk cars, and because it's a passion of what we do. Uh, yep. What else you got? I think that's it. So make sure, please, guys, go give him some support. Follow what he's doing. Um, if you really like the car, if you didn't know, I used to got t-shirts. Yeah. So he's got yeah, all t-shirts. We'll have them with us when we go to Tucson. They'll too, have so. it in Tucson. Get a hold of him. Or if you see him at the track, grab one, support him. Uh, he's a car guy, and that's all he's about. I asked him a couple days ago, can I come do this? Can we talk cars? And he's not working on his car right now to do this for you guys. And I, I appreciate it, Matt. Thank I you. truly do. Uh, I appreciate everybody on the live feed for tuning in and Hopefully I can keep this going. Hopefully uh, do some cool things and come back. And I'm sure we'll talk more race yeah, week we and stuff when we get closer. Look at look at updated stuff that we're doing in the shop or whatever. And thing too, if any of you guys got uh, you know anybody that wants to be a sponsor uh, for any of these events, the No Prep or Rocky Mountain Race Week or whatever, have them get in touch with me. It's a great exposure. The No Prep deal is going to have quite a bit more. I can't let everything out of the bag on the No Prep deal right now, but we have some really cool stuff going on with that. That's not only with the No Prep that's going to get a lot of exposure. And then the other thing is, too, is race week. Um, there's a lot of exposure there, too. So if you have somebody, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard because you don't want to beg people for money. That's a big problem with you know, if you got pride is to go ask people for money. But just think about this. It's not it's not for us on our, on our gain. It's actually putting it back out there to you guys or the racers or whatever. So if you honestly have somebody that has a really good company that's looking to invest into something because it is a write-off, have them give me a call because it, it's going to put their name out there and it'll get them out get some exposure that they may, may not necessarily have. There's another deal that we're working with that too on uh, race week that it's going to end up, if it works out, another thing I can't talk about, yeah, but it's yeah. going to be a huge deal to get people's names out there. That's so. cool. Well, and so I was out at PRI this past, what, about a month ago and we were talking to some people and some things came up and something was said of, Matt's been paying out money at race week and you have been absolutely and somehow people absolutely. didn't understand that so uh whether it's a little bit or a lot or whatever class you're in uh that's something that nobody else is doing no other groups doing um so that's something to always come for for the people that want to go win something or do whatever you uh is it vince he builds trophies yeah vince does vince vince rue does all of our trophies really cool trophies he does some yeah. really cool trophies i've seen some of that stuff so it's cool that that's a racer that does the event um, they had some terrible luck and somehow still got the car together and ended up running this right. year uh, as and well as making the trophies, the trophies yeah. and all that so it's things like that guys it's just and I hope you guys enjoy it about what we're talking uh, just cars and all the fun stuff that comes along with it so we can do a walk around the car Matt can show us a few little things and then we'll we'll call it a night Hard at it over here. <laughs> They're struggling. April, you know how to run this thing now? <laughs> That's it, guys. If you uh, don't know what we were talking about, it's all Steve Morris built. I'll bill it. We'll see if we can get a, a block of something else. It the is. block is just such a cool piece. You almost don't want it in the car. You want no, it in yeah, the house. yeah, this would make a cool table, but it'd be an awfully expensive table. So, But... It's getting close, uh, so good luck to Matt, Brent, the whole crew up here, and uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in, and see you guys later. Thank you. See ya.